to send Sister Kim, Sister Jackie, Brother Ken, amen. Thank you, everybody, for being here tonight. Isn't the Lord good to us? Amen. We thank the Lord for his many, many blessings. We're praying for our young people who are at North American Youth Congress right now. Amen. Joining with 35,000 other young people from around the world to lift the Lord up. And now, what's a beautiful thing is that that media is paying attention to that. And they're saying there are 35,000 Pentecostal teenagers showing up in Indianapolis. Amen. That's the mother city of modern Pentecost. That's where God did some amazing, amazing things in the Holy Ghost. If you notice, things were a little bit different in the sanctuary. Amen. And uh, we're trying uh, something out. So uh, bear with us as we experiment a little bit. Uh, don't get too comfortable just yet because we're still experimenting. But, uh, but I did want to uh, point that out. And, uh, and uh, we thank the Lord for his blessings upon us. Amen. How many enjoyed the word of the Lord this past Sunday? Didn't God bless us immensely? Through the ministry of Brother uh, Loami Diaz, what a powerful, if you didn't hear those messages, you really would be blessed to receive those messages. Sunday morning, he preached uh, powerfully on the prayer that heathens can't pray. Sunday night, he preached magnify the Lord with thanksgiving. And uh, these were outstanding messages that will really bless your soul, change your life if you'll let the word of God, amen, have free course. We're going to continue in uh, our series, uh, Sound Doctrine, through the summer. And uh, we're going to uh, turn your attention to 2 Timothy chapter 3 uh, to begin tonight. And uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, we're going to read a very uh, beautiful verse of Scripture. I want to talk to you about the source of doctrine. The source of doctrine. Uh, the word doctrine simply means teaching. Everybody say teaching. Sometimes we get into the habit of saying uh, that particular doctrine is, uh, is peculiar to a particular religious group or a, even a Christian denomination. Somebody might say, well, that's a Pentecostal doctrine or, or this is a... Uh, somebody might say a Methodist doctrine or some other kind of doctrine. The fact of the matter is th there's no religious group or denomination that gets to form or fashion their own doctrine. The word, of, the word doctrine simply means teaching. And so uh, it's not dogma. It's not creed. It doesn't refer to some sort of a teaching that is particular to any group. It's simply means teaching and this teaching is to have one source one origin point and it is to come from the word of God if the word of God is not our source of doctrine then our doctrine is false but if the word of God is our source of doctrine then our doctrine is true amen and so we rightly divide the word of truth and we humble ourselves in our spirit to receive the word of God. We let the word of God correct us. We let the word of God instruct us. We let the word of God lead us and guide us. And we have sound doctrine. Amen. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. All scripture. Everybody say all scripture. 
All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Right off the bat, it is profitable for doctrine. And it is profitable for reproof. It is profitable for correction. It is profitable for instruction in righteousness. I think that's interesting to note that the the elements pertaining to the profitability of the scripture as it is listed in 2 Timothy 3 and 16, I think it is interesting to note that these elements uh, have to do with making us a better person. It, 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 It doesn't have to do with patting us on the back, patting our head, telling us how good of a boy or good of a girl we are. It has to do with getting down deep in our soul, correcting us, instructing us, and and reforming us. Notice it is profitable for doctrine, for teaching. The scriptures are, are given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof. That means that means rebuke, reproof, for correction, amen, for instruction in righteousness. That's what the scriptures are profitable for. Notice that the scriptures are given by inspiration of God. The apostle Peter said that the scripture came not in old time by the will of man, but by holy men of old who spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. The scripture is of no private interpretation. But holy men of old spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So it is given by inspiration of God. That word inspiration uh, refers to a spirit indwelling. It refers to a spirit infilling. So so that's actually what the word inspire means. Uh, Spire meaning spirit and of course internal. So So when something inspires you, that means that it has affected your spirit on the inside. And so you need to be careful what you let inspire you. You don't want to be dabbling in just any old spiritual encounter. So be careful what you let inspire you. And more importantly than that, be deliberate about what inspires you. Let the Word of God inspire you. When the Word of God... uh, moves in your life and and you begin to develop a relationship with the word of God it is it is effective when you are filled with the Holy Ghost when the Holy Ghost fills an individual then that individual begins to develop a meaningful substantive relationship with the word of the Lord you need to understand Among the many things that the Holy Ghost will do in your life, one very important thing the Holy Ghost will do in your life is cause the Word of God to come to life. Hallelujah. You see, that's that's what causes the Word of God to come alive. It doesn't come alive outside of the moving of the Holy Ghost. There are certain truths that you can perceive by faith that you can read and understand But in order for the word of God to pop off the page, hallelujah, it takes the moving of the Holy Ghost. It is given by inspiration. The scriptures come alive. Many people 
can read these scriptures that I'm reading to you tonight. They can know Genesis through Malachi, Matthew through Revelation. They can be familiar with it, comfortable with it, able to quote it, able to talk about it. Uh, but if the Holy Ghost is not quickening their understanding, then they could read it, they could even read it as a cynic, as a skeptic. Some skeptics of the word can quote as much scripture as you or I. Because they've rejected the Holy Ghost, the scriptures do not have the importance to them or the life-changing effect on them. But when you let the Holy Ghost move in your life, and then you begin to look upon the scriptures. This happens also when we pray as we're filled with the Holy Ghost and we pray before we read the scriptures. It will cause the scriptures to come to life for us. This Bible is uh, a blessing to us in ways that we will never fully fathom. None of us can fully understand how much of a blessing it is that we are able to have in our hands a holy Bible. And how much a shame that it is that we so often let the holy Bible go days, weeks, months without reading it. Without picking it up and reading what thus saith the Lord. Let me tell you something. You would do far better to read some ancient words from the prophet Isaiah, even than you would to pick up your daily newspaper and read about current events. You would do far better to read about the teachings of the Apostle Paul to the Colossian church than you would to, to, to visit your favorite news site and see what's happening in politics. Amen. You need daily bread. That is your source of sound teaching. The daily bread that comes from heaven, the holy word of God. Don't talk about how much of a struggle you're having if you're not looking to the word of God to help you out of that struggle. Because herein lies the solution to your struggle. Herein lies a fresh word from almighty God concerning what you are facing hallelujah it is fresh every morning it's not stale it's not something from years gone by days gone by read your favorite passage of scripture again and something you haven't seen before will come alive in your reading read your favorite story again start reading about a character in the Bible that you haven't revisited in a while. Read from when the Bible first mentions that character's name until the Bible last mentions that character's name and replenish your understanding of this biblical example that God has placed in the scriptures for us to learn from. Hallelujah. Let the word of God be the lamp to your feet it is designed to be. Hallelujah. We do not make up doctrines. We don't conjure up doctrines. We don't, we don't develop doctrines or, or tamper with doctrines to suit cultural events or popular opinions. We do, not, we do not try to manufacture some sort of a doctrine or hold a doctrine over somebody's head simply to satisfy someone else's religious expectation. We stick to the word of the Lord. It is the word of God that gives us 
our freedom. It is the word of God that gives us our strength. It is the word of God that gives us our hope. It is the word of God that leads us, guides us, directs us. And so the source of all sound doctrine comes from the Holy Scriptures. Now you've heard me teach before, perhaps, that the word of God is the voice of God. Throughout the Scriptures, you will hear or read the prophets saying things such as, And the word of the Lord came unto me, saying. They meant that the voice of God spoke to them. And whatever way that he spoke to them. It is a spiritual voice many times. Elijah described it as a still, small voice. Sometimes it sounded like a trumpet. John the Revelator said it sounded like a trumpet. Throughout the scriptures, the voice of God had a varying degree of inflections uh, and ways that it manifested itself. Sometimes he spoke out of a, a, a flame of fire. Sometimes he spoke out of a whirlwind. And uh, it, to Job, he spoke out of a whirlwind. To Moses, he spoke out of a flame of fire. And, and, and throughout the scriptures, he would, he would speak. Sometimes he sent angels as messengers, and they would come speak. No doubt, he put the word of God in the mouths of the holy prophets. And the holy prophets spoke, what thus saith the Lord. And uh, in, in, in Hebrews chapter 1, it states that God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in time past unto the fathers, by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by, him, by himself revealed as the Son of God. Jesus is the Word of God made flesh. So the Word of God is his voice. Jesus is his Word made flesh. And what I hold in my hands is his Word as script, as script. So this is the scriptures. That's why we call them the scriptures, because it's the script. It's the transcribing of the voice of God. When those prophets would hear the voice of God, they would begin to write down what the Lord would say to them. Zechariah, Zephaniah, Ezekiel, Haggai, Hosea, Isaiah, Jeremiah, over and over. Again the word of the Lord came unto me. And again the word of the Lord came unto me. And again the word of the Lord came unto me saying. They would write down what the word of the Lord would say. Do you know that God still speaks to us in a still small voice? Do you know that the Spirit of the Lord still gives us that gentle nudge? Hallelujah. And he that hath an ear can hear what the Spirit says to the church. Amen. And, uh, and what a shame to have ears and hear not. Or have eyes and see not. Let your ear hear what the voice of the Lord is saying. Now the voice of the Lord will not differentiate from the script of God. The word of God is his voice. The scriptures is his voice transcribed. So if you're listening to the voice of God, make sure that the voice you're hearing is consistent and compatible to the scriptures that have been written. Hallelujah. If the voice that you're listening to is saying something different than what the scriptures are saying... You need to tune that voice out. 
it's, it doesn't differ from the scriptures. It's like having a hardback book and an audio book. When you listen to an audio book, then that audio book does not differ from the hardback book. The hardback and the audio say the exact same thing. One is saying it so you can hear it, and the other is in written form so that you can see it. That's what we have in the scriptures. We have it in written form so that you can see it. But the voice of God can speak to you to where what you see in the scriptures will be spoken into your spirit and you can hear what thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. So the word of God is a quickening voice and it can speak to you in the stillness and the smallness uh, of its its presentation. And uh, it's very important that you have a proper relationship with the word of God. People are deceived because they don't have a relationship with the Word of God. Any spiritualist can come along and say something that sounds profound. And if you don't have a right relationship with God's Word, you will fall for what they're saying. Their deception will deceive you. Their seduction will seduce you. And you will fall headlong into a snare of the devil unless you know the Word of God. Amen. Psalm 119 verse 11 says, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Hallelujah. The word of God I have hidden in my inner man so that I can live life free of sin. When the tempter comes to tempt me, I can go through the Rolodex of the word of God and I can see What thus saith the Lord. Jesus said that the Holy Ghost will be in you and will bring all things. Whatsoever I have said unto you to your remembrance. That's what happens when you learn the word of God. And you hide his word in your heart. Hallelujah. Now it's resident in you. You say, I could never remember everything I've ever heard from the Word of God. You know, in your natural mind, you're probably right. But with the power of the Holy Ghost, amen. I said with the power of the Holy Ghost, with the computing capabilities of the Holy Ghost, your mind can recall what the Lord has said to you. What the Word of God has said to you. Amen. I'm telling you that the Word of God is your chiefest weapon. Notice in the spiritual armor that the Apostle Paul describes in Ephesians chapter 6. Among listing the helmet of salvation, the shield of faith. He said, above all taking the shield of faith. Wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. He spoke of having your loins girt about with truth. And having your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. He, he talked about the breastplate of righteousness. But then he described this offensive weapon. And this offensive weapon was called the sword of the spirit. And he, and he, took, he took care to say that the sword of the spirit is the word of God. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. I've heard people say something like, I, uh, I'm, I need to sharpen my sword. And, and what they mean by that is that they need to brush up on their, 
uh, on the knowledge of the Bible. But it's, it's actually not quite the right way to say it because this is the sword and it's as sharp as it's ever going to be. It's sharper than any two-edged sword that you can imagine. Amen. The Word of God is quick. The Word of God is powerful. The Word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and to the joints and marrow of the bone. A better way of saying it would be, I'm going to strengthen my arms so that I can properly wield this effectual tool God has placed in my hand. And when the enemy comes against my family, I'm going to use the word of God. Hallelujah. And when the enemy comes against my mind, I'm going to use the word of God. So we retreat too quickly. We give up too quickly. We fall back into doubt and into despair. We backslide into old fears and into old habits. When all we need to do is take refuge in the word of almighty God. And he'll give us the victory that he once gave us. And it'll be a new victory for a new day and a new challenge. Hallelujah. A fresh word. Oh, hallelujah. A fresh word. The Apostle Paul said it this way. Speak to yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, making melody in your heart to the Lord. Now, what did he mean by that? He said, you got to talk to yourself in these three ways, hymns. What do you mean by hymns? He meant, what a friend we have in Jesus. Amazing grace. Old rugged cross. Hallelujah. Thank God for the blood. Oh, I want to see him. Look upon his face. Peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. Hallelujah. He touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that floods my soul. Something happened and now I know. Hallelujah. So, so he's talking about hymns. I don't know if any of those were written when he actually wrote that verse, but he, that's what he was talking about. And spiritual songs, that must be the new songs. Amen. <laughs> See, don't do what I just did. I'm extrapolating just a little bit here, evangelistically speaking. But when he said psalms, we know exactly what he was talking about. There's a whole book of them. And they were given by inspiration of God. Hallelujah. Psalms, Psalm 23, Psalm 27, Psalm 34, Psalm 100. Amen. Psalm 134, Psalm 147, Psalm 150, Psalm 1, Psalm 103. Hallelujah. Psalm 19, Psalm 24. Know those words. Get into that book. Hallelujah. The power you need for your day is in there. The power you need for your marriage is in there. The power you need for your relationships, it's in there. The power, hallelujah, of God that you desperately need in your life, it's in the word of the Lord. You say, well, I, I, uh, I, I, you know, I know most of the, I know most of the stories. Read them again. Even your favorite scripture, you probably would misquote if, if we, if we took a, uh, took a time and had people get up and quote, quote your favorite scripture. It's amazing. Enough time goes by without reading it. You got all pronouns misplaced, adjectives that weren't in there before, and adverbs that didn't show up in the original text. Because our minds get fuzzy. Read it again. Something will jump out to you that will give you a new breath of fresh air. Hallelujah for the circumstances you're facing. Your sound doctrine comes from the word of God the Lord. 
Amen. He said, the word of God is quick. The word of God is powerful. The word of God is sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the dividing asunder, Hebrews 4.12, the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. Now, the reason that's important is because the soul and the spirit are so similar to one another. It would be very hard for any one of us to scripturally define the soul and the spirit. To scripturally distinguish the soul from the spirit. Now, any number one of us would be happy to stand up and say, well, uh, th this is the one that has your you know, this is the one that has your feelings, and then this one has your conscience. The soul has the conscience, and the spirit has the feelings. And, and we're happy to, to point that out. The, the problem with that is, is that all of that is invisible. It's intangible. Your soul and your spirit are invisible parts of you. You are two-thirds invisible. You're only one-third visible. You're two-thirds invisible. And you cannot accurately know the difference between your soul and your spirit, between your feelings and your right conscience before God. In other words, when you've got decisions to make and when you're in a, a place of, of uh, quandary and wondering what should I do, what decision should I make, what judgment should I make, how should I feel about this, what is it that, that, that next step that I should take, and, and, and you don't know the answer to that. And far too many people take a shot in the dark and make a mess of their lives. And make a mess of their families' lives. So what is the answer? The answer is the Word of God. It is the Word of God that divides to the asunder of soul and spirit and separates the parts of you that are your flesh and the parts of you that are sensitive to the voice of the Lord. And you can say, well, this part of me wants to, to do this, but then there's a part of me that wants to do that. Look into the word of the Lord and let the word of the Lord speak to your soul. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Now, in the book of Ezekiel, the book of Ezekiel, chapter 3. We see this major prophet. Now when you look into the word of the Lord and you hear about a major prophet and you hear about minor prophets, the major prophets are the ones with the big books and the minor prophets are the ones with the little books. That's a real uh, scholarly way to understand that. Ezekiel chapter 3 and verse 1, Moreover he said unto me, Son of man, eat that that thou findest. Eat this roll. Now, that's not talking about Bob Evans. Eat this roll. He's talking about a scroll. Eat this book. Eat this book and go speak unto the house of Israel. Let me tell you. Let me tell you what every preacher needs to do before they speak unto the house of Israel. They need to eat this book before they get up behind a pulpit and try to declare the word of the Lord. Eat it, consume it, digest it, get it into your being, into every fiber of your character. Verse 2, so I opened my mouth and he caused me, hallelujah, to eat that book. And he said unto me, son of man, cause thy belly to eat. Fill thy bowels with this roll that I give thee. 
Then I did eat it, and it was in my mouth as a honey for sweetness. It was in my mouth as honey for sweetness. You know, the problem with a lot of people is that when they read the Word of God, it doesn't taste good to them. Some, of, some folks, they look at it and they treat, they treat the Bible like a kid treats Brussels sprouts. I love Brussels sprouts. <laughs> You're growing them right now. I love, I love uh, vegetables. As a kid, I loved vegetables. And I love salads and vegetable soup. And, and uh, I don't know, I was weird, I guess. But I just, I just, I enjoyed that. And, and I grew up on it. And I still love it. I still like it. And, and, and that's, but, but a lot of times you judge things by their appearance when it comes to food. And if it doesn't look particularly to your liking, then you'll avoid it altogether. That's the way a lot of people treat the Word of God. And there are some things you didn't grow up on food-wise, and so now you don't really have a taste for it. But some folks did grow up for, on it, and they've got a taste for it. How many, how many grew up eating Skyline Chili? All right. I didn't. I don't know why I got my hands up. I didn't grow up eating it. How many have acquired a taste for Skyline Chili and enjoy eating Skyline Chili? Glory to God. I do qualify as that. How many don't like Skyline Chili? See, I didn't mean to create a division right here in the middle of the body of Christ. <laughs> but the fact is, the fact is that a lot of people will, will acquire a taste for something. And then some people will grow up on it and never did have to acquire a taste for it. Because it was something that was a regular part of their diet. You know that's why we have... Sunday school classes. That's why we are regularly putting the word of God in children's hearts. That's why we have a vacation Bible school. Amen. That's why we have Bible quizzing. Because we want this to become a regular part of a person's spiritual diet. Hallelujah. So that it is honey for sweetness to their mouth. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So they don't look at it when they're going through the trials of life and say, I never really developed a taste for that. I'll try something else. Listen, what, what may taste sweet in this world is artificial. It's artificial and it's unhealthy. But when you get this word of God, hallelujah, make it palatable to your taste. Develop and acquire a taste for it. Hallelujah. And if you'll feed yourself the word of the Lord, it will be to your mouth honey for sweetness. Hallelujah. And if you don't like the taste of it, eat it anyway. Amen. You got to finish your plate. Thank the Lord. You got you to gotta eat what is set before you. Now, I'm just channeling my mother now. You've got to eat what is set before you. You've got to let the word of God, hallelujah, feed your soul. It's not, it's not by accident that the word of God is referred in the scriptures uh, to food. God gave us natural food and caused our bodies to be dependent upon natural food so that we could understand the value of the word of God. The Word of God is called milk. The Word of God is called bread. The Word of God is called honey. The Word of God is called meat. Hallelujah. You need it.
to live. You need it to be strong. You need it, hallelujah, to sustain yourself. You need the word of God. Revelation chapter 10. Revelation chapter 10. And we're going to read a few verses of scripture in Revelation chapter 10. This is a New Testament book. This is a different man. Old Testament book, Ezekiel. You know what's interesting about Ezekiel? When you look at the book of Ezekiel, the first chapter, the Bible says he was sitting by the rivers of Shabar and the heavens opened and he saw visions of God. Then you look at the book of Revelation and you see John the Revelator and John the Revelator saw visions of God. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and he saw things in the heavens. He saw the same heavens that Ezekiel saw. Glory to God. Except he saw them with more clarity and with more magnification. But notice Revelation chapter 10 verse 1. I saw another mighty angel come down from heaven clothed with a cloud. A rainbow was upon his head. His face was as it were the sun. His feet as pillars of fire. He had in his hand a little book open. He set his right foot upon the sea and his left foot on the earth and cried with a loud voice as when a lion roareth. And when he had cried, seven thunders uttered their voice. Verse 6. And swear by him that liveth forever and ever, who created heaven and the things that therein are, and the earth and the things that therein are, and the sea and the things which are therein, that there should be time no longer. But in the days of the voice of the seventh angel, when he shall begin to sound, the mystery of God should be finished, as he hath declared to his servants the prophets. And the voice which I heard from heaven spake unto me again and said, Listen, go, take the little book which is open." In the hand of the angel, which standeth upon the sea and upon the earth. I went unto the angel, said unto him, give me the little book. And he said unto me, take it and eat it up. This isn't some decoration for your coffee table. Eat it. This isn't isn't some heirloom alone that's passed down from generation to generation to look pretty. Or to say you have one. This is to be consumed by your mind. Consumed by your spirit. Hallelujah. He said, take the little book. Eat it up. Now listen. He said, it shall make your belly bitter. But it shall be in your mouth. Sweet as honey. It's beautiful. Let me tell you why. Verse 10. He took the little book out of the angel's hand. He ate it up. It was in my mouth. Sweet as honey. And as soon as I had eaten it, my belly was bitter. And he said unto me, Thou must prophesy again before many peoples, nations, tongues, and kings. Now, understand what's happening. He is receiving the word of God, and it was sweet to his taste, just like Ezekiel experienced. But John went on to say that when he digested it, it became bitter to his belly. There are some portions of the word of God that when it really dawns on you, what is, what is being said, it will have a bitter effect on you. Let me explain what I mean. What John was receiving from the Lord, he was seeing the devastation of the last days. He was seeing the magnitude of lost souls that will be lost in eternity. And when that dawned on him, and when that began to affect him, it was bitterness to his belly. But anytime you put the word of God to your mouth, 
It is sweet like honey. That's the kind of relationship you need to have with the Word of God. Lord, I want your Word. It doesn't matter what your Word is saying. It is sweet to my taste. The Bible says, oh, taste and see, hallelujah, that the Lord is good. If you don't believe that the Lord's Word has what you need, taste and see. If you don't believe that God has in store for you exactly what you need in His Word, taste and see. Now you say, you say, I, I don't know how that works. Let me tell you, I don't even know how it works. I just know that if you're going through something and you pray to God to help you, and then you open up this book, it doesn't matter what you're reading. You could be reading something about Joseph and a coat of many colors, and oh, that's exactly what I needed. Exactly what I needed. And you, could, you could flip a page open and, and, and read about Jesus passing out loaves and fishes to thousands of people and blessing it and breaking it and multiplying. Oh my goodness, the Lord just spoke to me. It, it doesn't even have to be necessarily relative to what you're going through. But I'm going to tell you that God will make it relevant to what you're going through. It is an express word from God. It is a quickening word from God. It is a, it is a word of life. Jesus was being left by followers, people who, who were interested in his ministry. And when they, they left him, left and right, literally leaving him. And he looked to his disciples and said, will you also go? And Peter looked to him and said, to whom shall we go? For thou hast the words of eternal life. That's what you have to understand about this Bible. These are the words of eternal life. This is what separates this book from every other form of literature you have ever encountered. So you look at Ezekiel. He puts the word of God in his mouth and it's sweet like honey. You know what happens when the word of God is sweet to your taste? The heavens open up and you see visions of God. John took the word of God, put it in his mouth. It was sweet like honey. You know what happens when the Word of God is sweet like honey? You're in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and you see visions of God. Hallelujah. That's what you're seeing when you open up this Word, and the Word is Spirit, and the Word is life, and it begins to make sense of who you are, and it begins to make sense of what you're facing, and it begins to give you direction, sound direction. Hallelujah. Sound instruction. It's profitable for instruction. Profitable for correction. Glory to God. And, and that's what's happening. You're seeing visions of God. You're seeing what the Lord would have you do. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. That's the word of God. You ought to go home and fall in love with it again. Glory to God. You, you, you've fallen out of love with your Bible. You, 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 you've, you've fallen out of love with that precious word of God. Let it not be said of you that you've fallen out of love with the word of God. Get back into it. Eat the book. Eat the roll. Let the heavens open over your family. Let the heavens open over your children. Let the heavens open, hallelujah, over your mind, over your heart, over your soul. Oh, praise the Lord. What does the word of the Lord say? The word of the Lord says the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but the word of our God shall stand forever. There's some beautiful sunflowers on, in Mason, Deerfield Township. Nator puts them out. And people walk among those sunflowers 
on Snyder Road and they're getting pictures and it's beautiful but they better do it while they can because the flower fadeth when the tulips show up in the spring people love to sit around the tulips and get beautiful pictures of 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 the tulip gardens and you better get those pictures while you can because the flower fadeth hallelujah but the word of our God shall stand forever glory hallelujah glory hallelujah there was somebody who told me about a, a couple who had the preacher over to their house for dinner and and uh, and they uh, served uh, dinner with a special china and silverware set a beautiful silver thin silver spoon that they served with the desserts and and when the dinner was over and the dessert was over, one of the spoons was missing. And uh, the wife told her husband, she said, I think the preacher stole the spoon. <laughs> and it just bugged her. Why would he do that? I mean, we wanted to be nice, but we didn't want to give our silver away. Could have asked for it. And so it just ate at her. And finally, she several weeks went by, up to a month, and she said, you know, I got, I got to ask you, I'm sorry, I don't mean to be accusatory, but um, you know, we ate dessert on beautiful china and had little silver spoons and never could quite find the spoon that, that you uh, ate from and wondered, did you take the spoon? He said, oh, no, no, he said, I, I put it in your Bible. Oh. <laughs> and there you have it. Go open that word of God again. Go get into it. Hallelujah. Read about David and Goliath again. Read, read the Psalms of David again. Hallelujah. Read the parables of Jesus again. Let it come alive to you. Don't stress about what you're going through, what you're dealing with. Pray and read the word. That's your source of sound doctrine, and it's profitable for every aspect of your life. Hallelujah. Why don't we stand to our feet right now and just give God a praise and thank Him for His holy word. Let's do it right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, precious Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. Thank you, precious Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is the most comforting thing I own. Right here, this Holy Bible. These scriptures have been ministering to me and they've been ministering to you for a really long time. Now, there have been a lot of things change in my world and in yours since these first started comforting us. We've lost loved ones. People who were near and dear to our hearts have gone away of the grave and into the presence of the Lord we hope and pray and uh, the landscape of life changes relationships change some people they may not have passed away but they're no longer in your life and they come and they go you get hurt you change people change around you but I'm going to tell you something he said I am the Lord and I change not 
You can go back to this anchor for your soul. Hallelujah. I said you can go back to this anchor for your soul. And open up those words and they're just as real and more so. Glory to God. You know what I love? I love it when, a, when somebody who's been preaching and teaching the word of God for, for decades says, you know, I was reading the other day and I saw something I've never seen before. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Because that's exactly what you'll find when you open up this word. Psalm 23. Read it again. Oh, I can quote it to you. Read it. Quote it. You'll do it in prayer and you'll find something you've never seen before. God will speak to you in a way that you need him to speak right now. Do you need the Lord to minister to your heart? I wonder if all across this building we could lift up our hands as we sing praise unto the Lord and just say, God, I'm going to freshly consecrate my heart and my mind to your words. Hallelujah. I want to see it again. I want to see it afresh. Falling in I want to see it again. I want to see it afresh. Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Falling in love with Jesus is the best thing I've ever, ever done. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Falling in love. With Jesus, falling in love with Jesus, oh, falling in love with Jesus, it's the best thing I've ever done. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In his arms, I feel protected, oh Lord. In his arms.